and again. Hallelujah. Alongside your lovely wife, Dr. Nogwa. Thank you, ma. Hallelujah. I love the virtues I see in you. Amen. Thank God for the charisma, but I love the virtues too. Amen. Thank you for being you. Let's appreciate that once again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And permit me tonight to honor our grandparents here. Amen. The parents of our father in the Lord. Amen. Baba, we honor you. Thank you, sir. And mommy, thank you. Thank you for raising a gift for us in this generation. Glory, hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, this, this morning, you know, in, in my meditation, my mind went to, is it meditation, in prayer, and I went to Baba, and it's amazing how many pastors God used him to bring to our generation. That is an apostolic grace. We love you, sir. Let's appreciate Baba once again. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I want to say congratulations to our new director and assistant directors. Amen. Thank you. Congrats. And to us all in Savannah Ministry, I know it's a new page. We are moving forward. Glory. Hallelujah. This is awesome. Amen. Thank you. Uh, celebrate the ministers of God that have been blessing us. Reverend Mosi and his lovely wife. Amen. <laughs> Reverend Tokula. General Philip, thank you. And the lovely wife too. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Ejembi and your lovely wife. Amen. <laughs> Do not hear. Reverend Ada, thank you. Uh, Pastor Joe Ada now. Amen. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Amen. We thank God. Camp meeting has been a great blessing. Hallelujah. Just the way it has always been and I'm forever grateful to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And just, just before I start teaching tonight, I also want to honor God's servant, Reverend Soma that um, we are remembering today. Amen. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. I, I, I have so much to say about him. Mm. I met Reverend Soma in 1989. Amen. Um, he was leading a fellowship in school and I took over from him. Amen. <laughs> in, interestingly, in that fellowship, um, uh, Friday was his regular day of ministering. So when he handed over to me, every Friday was mine. And today, his anniversary on Friday, I'm ministering. I'm sure he's cheering me up from heaven. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me say the last thing I want to say here about him before... I minister. Praise the Lord. Reverend Francis is the first person on earth I know that uh, recognized God's hand upon my life, put together a meeting and said, come and preach. The very first time I'll be invited to preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I thank God for that great gift. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I don't talk, I don't remember him with a heavy heart. 
I remember him with a grateful heart. He, he lived out his dream as a servant of God. I remember when we were graduating from school, we actually graduated the same year. There are plenty of stories. As we were graduating from school, he looked at me and said, Josh, go serving your nation, I go serving Jesus. <laughs> and that's how he just stepped into ministry. What a great blessing. Hallelujah. Truly, the memory of the righteous is blessed. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. We thank God for such gifts. Amen. And you know, anytime there's a talk about um, a believer that has come home, that has gone home, I, I ask myself a simple question. How will you be remembered? How will you be remembered? When all is said and done, how will you be remembered? And what will God say of you? May we finish well in Jesus' name. Hebrews chapter 13, please. Hebrews chapter 13. And I want to read from verse 7 right to... Okay, you tried. That's a Friday glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hebrews 13 from verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with what? With grace. Not with meat. Which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Amen. Uh, briefly, this evening, be sharing with us on establishing grace. Amen. Establish in grace. Hallelujah. Now, Second Peter chapter 1. I want to read. My wife warned me some time back that I should never say I will speak briefly because anytime I say so, I end up speaking for long. So if I speak for long, you know she's a prophetess. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12 says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though ye know them, And be established in what? In the present truth. Now, what is the present truth God is talking about here? Well, the first thing we can see is that God wants us established. Established in what? The present truth. Hallelujah. And I'm glad he didn't just say uh, be established in a truth. He said the present truth. And to help us understand what the present truth is, In Hebrews 13, verse 9, where we read, uh, Paul, speaking by the Spirit, said, we should be established in grace. Glory, hallelujah. We should be established in grace. So that means when Peter here writes and says that we should be established in the present truth, he's talking about being established in grace. Say amen, please. To be established in grace. 
Hallelujah. And, and I find this very similar uh, to our team, continuing grace. Because the only way you get established in anything is by continuity. Is that not so? If you continue in my word, Jesus said, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. Now here about getting established in the present truth or in grace, verse 12 again says, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though you know them and be established in the present truth. Hallelujah. Uh, the first inference we can draw here is that there is a former truth and there is the present truth. Praise the Lord. There is truth that has expired by reason of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But there is also a present truth. Hallelujah. Now, being established in the present truth is what will produce victorious living in us. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Uh, let, me, let me talk a little, some of the truth that have passed that you shouldn't be established in. Amen. One of them, you used to be sick. Amen? You had an identity of being sick. That was a truth, but it has expired. The present truth is that you are the healed of God. Say an amen. One, one other truth, you were a sinner. But that has passed. Now we are righteous. Glory, hallelujah. Now if you read through the New Testament, you see so many things that the Bible says, we were, but now we are changed. For example, First Corinthians chapter 6. You didn't say glow? No, just say glow when I finish. Then you say re. <laughs> Alright, First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Yay! Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Verse 9, First Corinthians chapter 6 says, Know ye not, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Now, everybody should know this. Amen. There is no way an unrighteous person will be there. The kingdom of God. Say amen. He said, be not deceived. So, if you are thinking contrary, that's deception. He said, neither fornicators. Now, he's listing the ones he called unrighteous now. Amen. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, verse 10 please, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. If you stop at verse 10, you will think Paul was preaching condemnation. But please go to verse 11. Let's read it. If you. And such where some of you say amen. amen. Yeah. That means no believer is unrighteous. No believer is a fornicator. Amen. No believer is a thief. No believer is covetous. No. I, I know there are believers that their fingers touch. 
but they are not thieves. Amen. They, they just know how to touch. Glory. Hallelujah. I, I visited a church one time. The pastor had submitted to me. And he was reporting to me uh, something interesting. He observed that um, so much money has been disappearing in offering. And there's somebody they suspected, but put him to test. This person denied that he's not responsible. I said, okay, set him up. He said, what is it? I said, get uh, new notes. One one thousand ten yourself. Uh, five hundred ten for your wife. Drop in midweek service. And that day charge that nobody should receive the offering except that brother. I said, there's something with someone that loves to pick. He may resist old notes, but the new ones, Kai. Now, just him, just him and the wife alone drop 15,000 naira. But at the end of the service, this brother said the total offering was 1,500. And that was a church that seats over 200 members. He said, that's wonderful. So now, we have found you. So when they talked with the brother now, he couldn't deny. He said, it's just the devil. It's just the devil. So the pastor now called me. He said, how, how do we discipline this one? I said, no, 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 no. See, there is no gift in the kingdom of God that is useless. Every gift has expression. This brother has a gift of touching. Take him from counting money to leading worship where he'll be touching the heart of God. Amen. So, I mean, they just brought him to worship and he's singing very... Anytime he sings, Abba, they touch the heart of God. Because he has the gift of what? Touch. Let me tell your neighbor, your gift is important. Amen. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Amen. <laughs> That's so why I tell them, I tell them in my church, anytime I stand up and start transferring people from one department to the other, watch out. Amen. You may discover their gift by the kind of I did not say it's applicable here. That's that's me. Amen. So that if you have moved to lead worship, you won't say, eh. <laughs> So there are people that touch, but we don't have thieves. Say amen. They are effeminate. Sorry, there are people that um, have not disciplined themselves to live right. But you cannot call them sinners. So, Paul by the Spirit said, Such where some of you pass truth. But look at the present truth you should be establishing. But ye are what? Washed. Ye are sanctified. Ye are justified. Declared righteous. In the name of the Lord and by the spirit of our God. Hallelujah. The name declared us righteous. The Holy Spirit declared us righteous. So to question your righteousness is to question the integrity of the name and the integrity of the Holy Spirit. Say I'm righteous please. Say it if you don't mind. I am righteous. Hallelujah. Now so... If you look into scripture, I'm back to 2 Peter 1, 13 now. You'll find out truth that have passed. God does not want us established in them. He wants us established in present truth. Now, what does it mean to be established, rooted, or grounded? Glory, hallelujah. 
And then uh, Peter tells us one of the things that can help us to be established. He said, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Hallelujah. That means if you keep reminding yourself of the same truth again and again, you will get established in that same truth. Say an amen, please. If you keep reminding yourself of the same truth again and again, you will get established in that same truth. Glory, hallelujah. Now, how you will know that you are establishing the truth is that you res respond to it unconsciously. Amen. You don't make effort to act on the truth you are establishing. Say amen. Uh, you just respond unconsciously. Oh, uh, I think it's two days ago that uh, Rev used one illustration here. Permit me to do the same. Please just cooperate with me. We'll understand what it means to be established if we do this. Amen. Two times two. Four times four. Beautiful. All right, all right. Let, let's start it easier. Two times one. Two times two. Two times three. Ten times ten. Fifteen times fifteen. Huh? Fifteen times sixteen. Fifteen times nineteen. Uh-uh. Is it that you didn't pass arithmetic in primary school? Now, but see, we all learned these things. And we pass them in school. How come you can remember two times two easily? By continuous repetition, you have been establishing it. Is that not so? You have been establishing it. How? By continuous repetition. But 15 times 19, you did it. But you didn't repeat it enough to be established in it. Hallelujah. So, we can say it simple way. Repetition is the means by which we get established in the truth. Repetition is the means by which we get established in the truth. Hallelujah. Repetition. Hallelujah. Is the means by which we get established in the truth. That means... Any truth you desire to be established in, praise God, you should keep reminding yourself of the same repeatedly. Ah. I'm glad I have one. Yes, sir. Are you see with me? You should keep doing what? Reminding yourself of the same truth repeatedly. Do, do you realize that the things we remember most are not the things we learned in tertiary institution in the universities? But the ones we learned in primary school. Is that not so? Even though you left the tertiary institution more recent than primary school. But what you learned in primary school, you still remember. One plus one, two. Two plus two, four. Because in primary school, you went through repetition. And I had a man of God made this statement. Very beautiful. Let me sell it to you. That the rule for successful teaching is continuous repetition. Now, since that is what was said, let me repeat it so that I will teach successfully. The rule for what? 
Successful teaching is continuous repetition. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Until you repeat the same truth again and again to a point where your people are bored of it. And after the boredom, they start enjoying it again. They don't know it yet. Repetition is the rule for successful teaching. Glory, hallelujah. And you know, many, many times, some of us pastors are guilty of this, myself inclusive, and members, we are too much in a hurry to say what ears have never heard. Now, now listen, the only person the Bible says will reveal to us what ears have not heard, what eyes have not seen, what has not entered the heart of man is the Holy Spirit, not pastors. Are you with me? I did not come to reveal what you have not seen. I have come to remind you. Say an amen, please. <laughs> and I pray you stay reminded because just some few things I will say, my job is done for tonight. Amen. Repetition is the rule for successful teaching. Hallelujah. Now, we need to understand that the word of God is food. The word of God is what? Food. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, for, take for example, if your favorite food in the natural is um, fried rice. How many of us will say, because I ate fried rice last year, I don't want fried rice this year? Huh? Or because I ate fried rice last week, I don't want it this week. If it is your favorite food, you want to eat it always. Is that not true? Always. <laughs> I personally love anything with rice. Anything that has the name rice. What kind of, any kind of rice. Jollof rice, fried rice, basmatic rice, Indian rice, Southern Kaduna rice, Tuanshikafa rice, Jukun rice, Igala rice. As long as it ends with rice, it's okay. <laughs> a, man of, a man of God was inviting me for a program. He said, uh, we want to know the meals you want to eat. I said, anything, sir? He said, no, be specific. I said, really? Say yes. I said, anything with rice. Anything that ends with rice. He said, just rice? I said, yes. He said, you're a boring person. <laughs> Hallelujah. But how many of us know that your favorite food does not bore you? Please respond, let me hear you. Respond, let me hear you. Ah, if it is boring you, it's not your favorite. So, can I say something? If the message of grace is boring you, you are not yet establishing it. If it is your favorite, you want to take it, any message, let it end with grace. The same way I say anything that ends with rice. Are you with me? Anything that ends with grace, give it to me. I take it daily devotion. I come to church and take it. I go out evangelism. I take it. Hallelujah. Keep hearing it. Keep teaching it. Keep recycling it. Somebody say an amen. amen. Come on, say another amen. amen. You, you, you understand, Jeremiah said, Amen. That should be Jeremiah 15, 16, I believe. You can confirm. If it's not, just hide it so that they will know I quoted wrongly. But Jeremiah said, your words were found of me and I ate them. Then it became what? 
the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I'm called by your name. Now, uh, what I want us to notice is the eating began only after he has found the word. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? The eating began only after he has found the word. Amen. That means Bible feeding is not what we do before we get a revelation. It's when you have found revelation from a scripture that you start feeding on it. Hey, who had what I'm saying now? Are you with me? Praise God. You know, many times we want to study on the scripture until we get revelation. The moment we get light, we leave that scripture. We are looking for another. No, but Jeremiah said, is after I found the word that I ate. So when you find revelation from any verse, it should become your daily bread. That is how the word will be the joy and rejoicing of your heart. For they are alive to who? Those that find them. Hallelujah. When you find them, start feeding on them. Help me with another amen. Say another amen. When you find light from a scripture, what should you do? Start feeding on the same scripture. Amen. You understand there are different relationships we share, we are to have with the word of God. There is Bible reading. Bible reading gives us information. Amen. Then there is Bible studies. Bible studies. When we begin to study, amen, we get understanding. Daniel said, I understood by books. Now that's Bible study. Then there is Bible meditation. Meditation brings revelation and understanding. By meditating on thy word, I have more understanding than my teachers. So, is after meditation you get revelation and understanding. Now, when you get a revelation, a rhema word, that is when you begin to feed. Bible feeding. Any light you find from the word of God, you should keep feeding and keep feeding and keep feeding on it. Somebody say an amen. amen. So, what I'm suggesting here is the teachings we have learned about grace. Let's continue feeding on the same. Praise the Lord. What should we do? Let's continue feeding on the same. Let me try something. If you get thirsty, what do you ask for? Please help me. Now, if you have taken water three times and you are still thirsty, do you try petrol or kerosene or diesel? What do you go for again? Water. Now, if you have taken five liters of water and you are still thirsty, what do you do? Take water again. Hallelujah. I had somebody teaching us in the morning today that grace is the answer. It's God's answer to all of our problems. So if you feed on grace and challenges are still in your life, what should you do? Feed some more on grace. Say an amen. Stop looking for something else that works. Grace is the message that works always. Thank you for one amen. Amen. I'm glad. Say louder, amen. amen. Feed on it. Feed on it. Feed on it again and again. Ha. 
three pastors came to Kenneth Copeland some time back and asked, Brother Copeland, how do you get to see so much light from a scripture? That the revelation, your insight from scripture is so amazing. How do you get to see so much light from one scripture? His answer is very interesting. Kenneth Copeland said, it's simple. Take one verse, read it severally until you are bored. Until that verse begins to bore you. He said, when you are really bored, then read it 500 times more. The pastor said, we can't do that. He said, then you'll never have revelation. Listen to me. The price we pay for revelation is attention. If you pay attention, you will get revelation. Say amen. If you pay attention, you will get revelation. So just stay with the same truth you have known. Glory, hallelujah. Stay with it. You have read it in the morning, you've not seen it. In the afternoon, the same. In the evening, the same. You've done that for one week, you have not done, repeated it again. For one month, for one year. It's too hard to pick the same scripture and keep reading all through for one year. Say an amen. amen. Say louder, amen. amen. You know, one time, I, 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 I got amazed how Pastor Chris, for example, would be teaching and you just read a scripture like Christ in you. Before he's through saying the hope of glory, the whole place is on fire. And somebody said, eh, I hope this thing they are not planning it. No, sir. You don't understand what's happening. Deep color to deep. Now, Pastor Chris said there was a time he was meditating on Colossians 1.27. Christ in you, the hope of all glory for 15 years. He didn't mention how long he was doing daily. But every day, as long as his meditation, he picked that verse. If you will pay attention, you will receive revelation and direction. Somebody say amen. amen. If you will do what? Pay attention. Same scripture. Same scripture. Don't, don't look for something new. Say amen. Now, let, let me highlight some few things here. Then... I believe somebody is getting blessed. St. Peter chapter 1 verse 12. We're talking about being established in grace. Hear what Peter said. Wherefore, I will not be negligent. 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 To put you always in remembrance. Meaning, failing to remind the people of God of what they already know is negligent of duty. Say amen, please. Then you can personalize it. If you fail to remind yourself of the truth that you already know, you are neglecting your duty. Whatever you know about grace, remind yourself. Help me with an amen, please. Whatever you know about grace, what should you do? Remind yourself. Please look with me quickly to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more energy to the things which we have heard, least at any time, what should happen? We should let them sleep. We should let them sleep. Can I say something here? Spiritual things are very slippery. If you don't hold fast to the truth you have learned, they will live your life. Say an amen, please. 
Spiritual things are very slippery. So the way we get established in any truth is by continuous recycling of the same truth. Remind yourself again and again. Keep reminding yourself. Somebody say an amen. amen. Listen, you can never be wrong reminding yourself of the same truth that you know. Are you with me? You can never be wrong. Look at John chapter 14, verse 26. Amen. John 14, 26. See what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Beautiful. He said, but the comforter, who is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you how many things? All things. Help me read the next thing. Let's read it together. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. What, what is the Holy Ghost job description? To remind us. Somebody say to remind us. Say it again please. That means anytime I begin to remind myself of the truth I already know I am partnering with the Holy Ghost. Anytime. Anytime. Please listen to me. You pick your Bible any day, any time. You are wondering, what does the Holy Spirit want me to study? Just start reminding yourself of the same truth. If you remind yourself of the same truth that you know, you are following the Holy Spirit. You are on track. Glory, hallelujah. It's only when you leave what you have been taught that you get into error. Say amen. Remind yourself, remind yourself, remind yourself. Don't, don't even begin to look for something new. Remind yourself of the same truth that you already know. A believer says, huh. another believer says, First Timothy chapter 4. Glory, hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 4. And verse 6. If thou put the brethren. Hello. I want to be sure we are together. Amen. If thou put the brethren. In remembrance of these things. Thou shalt be what? A good minister of Jesus Christ. Please pause. 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 Let me sell to you. An idea the Holy Ghost gave me. A long time ago. So who is a good minister? I started mentioning plenty of things. He said, no, read this verse again. So I read. If you put the brethren in remembrance, you're a good minister. So a good minister is the one that reminds believers what they already know. See the scripture. Now You see people that like mysteries don't like what I'm teaching now. Amen? Because it's like I'm killing their market right now. What will a good minister do? He will put the brethren in remembrance. That tells me that brethren easily forget. So the way we will help ourselves is by reminding them, reminding them, reminding them. Glory, hallelujah. I remember, I think it's Reverend Gombok that shared here that something he has been teaching for over three years. A brother that has been in church. One day he said, oh, I've never heard this before. You see, that's the first reason why we should keep reminding everyone. Because that you have said it does not mean everyone has heard. 
Some we are listening, some we are sleeping. If you are sleeping, say hallelujah. No, no, but I'm sure, I'm sure you know that person is not sleeping. The person, the person is just zealous about encouraging my message. Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was not a trick. I'm just, uh, so if you are blessed, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. And so at, at the time it was being spoken, there are some that did not hear. And even those that have heard, Paul said, Peter said, I will stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Oh, I will read that verse in a short while. But look at this. He said, if you put the brethren in remembrance, you're a good minister. Why? Because we are partnering with the Holy Spirit. He will remind us again and again. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, that's one thing I love with Rev. You know, when I come here, I learn plenty things. Every day, whether you like it or yes, God sees you how? So let's celebrate him. He's a good minister. Amen? Reminding us. <laughs> I was invited somewhere in Zaria. This is quite some time now. Let me not mention the year. The whole world is watching me. But it's quite some time. I was invited to minister alongside a brother. So uh, they featured me first and they called me to teach on the leading of the spirit. So I finished my teaching in one hour. Then this brother was, <laughs> was called to teach on prayer. When he came up immediately after me, he used, he used about 20 minutes lamenting and complaining that why will he be here and they will give Pastor Tende to teach on spirit-led life. He said he would do better with the job. Amen? Well, no problem. When he said that, in fact, I opened my book. Amen? I was eager to learn. Can I tell you something I learned from God's word? A proof that you are doing well on any subject in the scripture is that you hunger for more of it. When you begin to feel, mm, by the grace of God, we are the ones that know grace. You don't know grace yet. Let me say it another way that it will bless you. True knowledge of God provokes spiritual hunger. True knowledge of God does what? Provokes spiritual hunger. So you find out that the more you dig into a subject like grace, and the more you teach on grace, the more you hunger for it. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. When a babe tastes milk, the baby wants more. Tastes milk, it wants more again. Praise God. So a proof that you are doing well with any subject in scripture is that you hunger for more. Say an amen, please. Praise the Lord. Is that you hunger for more? Anyone, anyone, anywhere they mention it, you just want, hey, tell me some more. Tell me some more. Praise God. Uh, you, you, you know, I've become very passionate about teaching on spirit led life. It's an assignment, it's not about me. Amen. And, and our brethren that we're singing here, uh, when they say, I don't take a step until I'm led, my God, I felt like going to carry them up. <laughs> to me, it's like they were calling my name. Now, to everybody, is normal. But to me, eh, talk some more on that subject. 
So when you find yourself feeling by the grace of God, just by the grace of God, we understand the grace of God. It's a lie. You don't understand anything. True knowledge of God provokes what? Spiritual hunger. It also provokes humility. Amen. So this brother now, I said, okay. Anyway, since we have given Pastor Tende to talk spirit-led life, let me use 35 minutes to say what he has not said. Wow. Now, his first comment was the one that interests me most. He said, what annoyed me most with Pastor Tende's teaching on the spirit-led life is that he made it look so easy like every believer can be led. He said, it's not true. It's not everyone that can be led. If everyone hears the voice of God, then what is the hope for us apostles and prophets of mysteries? He said, okay, let me talk to you about... Now, I want you to hear this. So let me talk to you about how to be led by the Spirit. Then he said, I hope I will not confuse you and confuse myself. After 20 minutes, he asked us, do you understand? Everybody said no. He said, I told you. Even me, I'm confused. Child of God, listen to me. Listen to me. Let's help ourselves. Simplicity is a proof of mastery. Can we say it together? Simplicity is a proof of mastery. Let's say it for the last time. Simplicity is a proof of mastery. Here is my suggestion. Feed on the subject of grace until you are able to teach it to your grandmother in your dialect. If you can't explain it in your dialect to your grandmother that doesn't understand English, you are not yet established. Because you see, one plus one is two. In any language you ask me, is two. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, a good minister will remind the people of God. A good minister will do what? Remind the people of I beg now, make you help me. A good minister will do what? Can we remove minister and put Christian there? I'm sure we'll be blessed if we do that. A good Christian will do what? Remind himself of the truth that he knows. So, I, this is what I'm submitting to you. If you are not reminding yourself of the truth that you know, you are not a good Christian. Well, I know this about grace. Remind yourself. I know this about grace. Remind yourself. Put yourself to remembrance. Hallelujah. Don't just visit it once a while. Make it a lifestyle. Remind yourself in the morning. Remind yourself in the afternoon. Remind yourself in the evening. Are you with me? You you know, God helped me to put together a book on healing titled... um, Sick days are over forever. There's another one. No more sickness and disease. Sick days are over forever. So, uh, sometime last year, I had a symptom that was persisting on my body. Now, this is what I believe. I believe that no symptom is allowed to last more than 24 hours on my body. Let me show you where I got that from. Amen. I'm I'm sure some people are wondering for what reason. Look chapter 13, please, from verse 10. Quickly. Look 13 and verse 10. A good Christian will remind himself. Will remind himself. 
I choose to remind myself. Look 13, please. 13, 13, verse 10. A good Christian will remind himself. Put yourself to remembrance. Say amen. And he was teaching in the synagogues on the Sabbath. Let's keep going till I stop you. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bound together and could in no wise lift up herself. Keep moving till I stop you, please. And when Jesus saw her, he called out to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Amen. So healing glorify God. Now look at verse 14. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. Now before we read further. I want to ask a question please. It's not a trickish question. Just answer straight as you are reading it. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He was angry that Jesus healed. Was the ruler speaking by God or by the devil? Say it aloud. By the devil. So hear the devil's opinion about healing. Let's read it. The ruler of the synagogue speaking by the spirit of the devil says. Are we together? Now what did he say? There are six days in which men ought to walk. In them therefore come and be healed. Not on the Sabbath day. Now, let me explain to you what, what, what I just saw reading this. That the devil said, six days out of seven, you should be healed. It's only one day you should be sick. No, that's the devil. This is not even God. You know, God's own is no sick day at all. But the devil said, six days out of seven. You can be healed, but on the Sabbath day, you should not be. So, according to the devil, the longest any symptom is permitted on your body is 24 hours. So, if you have had any symptom from morning till now, expiry time has come. Oh, I mean what I'm saying. In the name of Jesus, expiry time has come. You will not live here with the same symptom in the name of Jesus. Now, this is what the devil is saying. But, you know, God said, sick days are over. Himself took. The days of sickness are gone forever. But even the devil said, okay, six days be healed. Only the Sabbath. And we know that if there's any day you are qualified for healing, is the Sabbath. Is that not so? You are in the presence of God on Sabbath, you should be healed. So, according to God, seven days out of seven, you should be where? It's the devil that said six days. One is wrong. So if symptoms get on my body, I said, Satan, based on your revelation, within 24 hours, this should be gone. Say amen. Yeah. And I believe that absolutely. Now, you need to know that the devil is very stubborn. He'll, he'll want to prove to you that it's not so. So, I mean, uh, there was this hell challenge. I spoke the word over it. And this is now the second day, third day is still persisting. Are you with me? So, I, I got concerned. And I began to ask God. And Oh, praise God. Praise God. Oh, let me say this to help somebody. Are you with me? Are you with me? Yeah. The best way to receive your healing is to follow your heart. Anytime your body is afflicted, there is a word in your spirit. He prepared a table before me 
in the presence of my enemies. So anytime enemies are present, a table is present. There's always a word in your heart that is answerable to every symptom. Somebody say amen, please. Always a word. Always. There are many scriptures. Hallelujah. Many scriptures. I I remember a brother said (laughs) he was having some serious symptoms of diabetes and arthritis. Well, he went and tested and it's so. So he he was praying and searching the word of God to know the solution. Please listen. This will bless you. It's the Rema word that brings answer. So he was searching for solution. Then the Holy Spirit led him to uh, Matthew chapter 19. I think it's verse 7. What God has joined together, let no one put us under. So he said he was wondering how. This is divorce. We are talking about healing. Then the Holy Spirit said to him, what God has joined together, let no man put us under. Likewise, what God has put us under, let no man join together. He said, God has put us under between you and diabetes. Nobody should join together. When he said that, he said, hey, diabetes, I divorce you. Arthritis, I divorce you. And that's the end of it all. Say an amen. Amen. Say an amen. amen. Now, you follow a man's example, not his personal revelation. It does not mean that anytime you are sick, you also will say, malaria, I divorce you. He said, hey, I don't go anywhere. Where's divorce certificate? But the point here is, light came from that scripture. Say amen. So anytime your body is challenged, what should you do? Listen to your heart. I will say that again. I'm sure somebody will hear it and will be glad he did. Anytime your body is challenged, what should you do? Listen to your heart. Job said, by his light, I walk through the darkness. So what will bring you out of darkness is the light of God's word in your heart. Say amen. So... I was feasting on the word. I I said, Lord, I don't understand. I've been confessing this. And (laughs) the symptoms are persisting. Then the Lord said to me, read your book again. So I began reading. I went chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. When I got to chapter 5, establishing righteousness. And the light shined. And I discovered that the simple reason why Satan was afflicted me was that I have deviated from understanding righteousness. Now, righteousness is what I teach regularly. But even with that much teaching, the understanding was shaken. Are you with me? Somewhere in my mind, with that affliction, I kept saying, oh, I must have, I must have done something wrong for God to permit this sin on me. What is the sin I've committed? That's in consciousness. That's in consciousness. Can we make an announcement here? Nobody wants to hear. Can we make an announcement here? Sickness and disease cannot pay for your sins. Are you with me? Sickness and disease can never pay for your sins. So never tell yourself that I am suffering this sickness because of the sin I have committed. It can never pay for sin. You can gather all the sickness on you. It will not pay for sin. So get it registered in your heart once and for all. The sickness on your body is not punishment for the sins you have committed. The punishment for our sins we are laid on who? On Jesus. 
Hallelujah. So, but I got there. I reminded myself of the same truth again and again. And that was my deliverance. Somebody say an amen. amen. Say louder amen. amen. Alright, let me remind us some few things that will help us uh, in being established in grace. Uh, understanding the nature of God, understanding the nature of God makes it easier for us to understand grace. Many times our challenge with grace is that we just see it from man's perspective. But when you begin to see it from God's perspective, hallelujah, grace is easily understood. I mentioned some few things about God's nature that help us to understand grace. Amen? Number one, God is love. God is love. Amen? Just the way the Bible says, God is light, in him there is no darkness. God is love, and in him there is no hatred. Praise the Lord. Now, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave. So, I want you to hear this. Grace, sorry, love expresses itself or himself, since it's God now. Love expresses himself through grace. I make that statement in a different way. To God Almighty, grace is self-expression. Hallelujah. So anytime God favors us, he demonstrates his grace towards us. He's giving expression to himself. Glory, hallelujah. He's, he's to God, to God, grace is not about us. It's about himself. Say amen. Say another amen. <laughs> Say another amen. I'm, I'm sorry for this harsh example that I want to use. It's very harsh, so let me apologize. Amen. When we were in school, there was this roommate of mine that had challenges with um, defecation, what is called constipation. You know, for, for like three days now, he went to the restroom, and the thing was not coming out. He went, and it was not coming out. So by the fourth day, finally, after much effort and medication, he successfully push out the unclean thing. Amen? So when he came to the room, he said, I'm angry with that thing. I swear, from today, I will not go to the toilet again. So we laugh at him, and we are watching to see how he will do that. Say, so this toilet should be, should be happy that I'm using it. I will not go there again. Well, in less than 24 hours, he was going there. Why? I, I, of course, you know how the white man calls it now. Restroom. When you go there, you are not doing the toilet a favor. You are doing yourself a favor because you want to let out something that is a burden to you. Somebody say an amen. amen. Now, God is a helper. So, until he finds somebody to help, he's not at ease. God is generous. Until he finds somebody to give to, he's not at ease. So why does God lavish grace upon us to give expression to his real self? Say an amen. amen. Say an amen. amen. That, means, <laughs> that means if you tell God that from today, don't favor me, you are punishing God.
Say, God, for all the wrong things I've done, don't favor me again. God will say, eh, you think you are wise. You want to punish me for the wrong thing you have done. Take it, Jerry. God eases himself, permit me to say this, by showing us unusual favor. So when God favors us, he eases himself. Somebody say an amen if you are there. Number two, God never changes. God never changes. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he has ever favored you before, I have good news for you. He will do it again. Hmm. Even your amen need grace. I say he will do it again. And that's why that scripture we read began by saying Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be established in grace. In other words, you can look in your life from January till now. Any good thing God has done, he will do it again. I say he will do it again. He never changes. And there's no variableness with him. So if you see him blessing one person, God is in your family. He will bless all. Say an amen. God never changes. Finally, the Bible says God is our helper. God is our helper. Amen. Grace is God's way of helping man. Grace is God's way of helping man. One reason God will always help us is to give expression to himself. That grace. He wants that grace to find expression so he helps us. So let's read this scripture as I stop. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Just, Just keep reminding yourself. Amen? Nothing new. Remind yourself again and again. Hebrews 4 verse 16, please. Yeah, the scripture says what? Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, what do we find in the throne of grace? Please read it with me. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That means the grace of God, anytime grace of God shows up, help shows up. Mm-hmm. Let's try it again. Anytime grace shows up, help shows up. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. I say anytime grace shows up, help shows up. And you know, grace has shown up. This is dispensation of grace, isn't it? That means we're in dispensation of help. Glory, hallelujah. God, grace is God's way of helping us. And God delights in helping us. He's our helper. Any wrong thing God finds you in, his own assignment is to help you. Say an amen. Amen. Say with me, God is my helper. Say it again, God is my helper. Say tonight, I receive help in the name of Jesus. Say it again, tonight, I receive help in the name of Jesus. For the last time, tonight, I receive help in the name of Jesus. Listen, God is not your examiner. God is not your critic. God is not your observer. God is not your spectator. Glory, hallelujah. God is your help. So as we celebrate the grace of God, be conscious that help is available. One person heard me. Be conscious that help is available. Say, I receive help. Say, I receive help. 
Say, I receive help. Can we give God thanks for help? Thank him. Amen. Thank him. His grace has brought help to us. Just thank God. His grace has brought help to us. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Help us come. And help is here. 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 Father, we thank you for help. Glory, hallelujah. We thank you for help. We thank you for help. We thank you for help. In the name of Jesus. Please shut your eyes for a while. Let me pray for a few persons. Just in honor of God. A few minutes, shut your eyes, I'll be done. Amen. The first help you will receive is to be delivered from hell and have assurance of going to heaven. Hell is a terrible place. And nobody gets to heaven accidentally. You have to have that assurance. If you are not sure, if you die now, you make it to heaven. You want to be sure. Put up your right hand. Let me pray with you. You are not born again. You are not sure. You die now, you make heaven. Put up your right hand. Let me pray with you. If you are doing that, make sure it's above your head. And I will pray with you. I'm waiting for you. If you are watching online, you can also do that. Get your right hand up. And I pray with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we say this prayer together to help um, those that are following me? If you are following online, say it too. You want to get born again. Say, Dear Lord, I come to you in the name of Jesus, knowing I cannot save myself. But I thank you for Jesus who died and rose again for me. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. And I believe with my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead for me. Therefore, I'm saved. I'm born again. I have eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Please give me 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, NIV 1 and 2. I told you I was reading the last scripture. But I want to read this and sit down. Amen. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1 and 2, NIV. Amen. Our help has come. Our help has come. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's no news to you, but I'm reminding you, our help has come. NIV, please. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1, NIV. 2 Corinthians, not first. Our help has come. Okay. Thank you. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. So he's about to tell us how to avoid receiving grace in vain. For he says, what? In the time of my favor, that's in the time of grace, I have heard you. 
And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you what, now is the time of God's favor. And now is the day of salvation. That means now is the time of answered prayers. And now is the time for our help. Praise God. In the day of grace and day of salvation, he has had us and he has helped us. And now is the time of favor. Now is the time of grace. Now is the time of our help. Congratulations. Amen.